two of the Bill Michaels Show and a flurry of news already. Uh, the Padres finalizing a deal to re- uh, acquire Juan Soto from the Nationals. It looked like it's a done deal. Josh Bell is included, apparently, in that deal as well. So for those hoping to get Josh Bell for the Milwaukee Brewers off the table at this point, Padres going for it, picking up uh, the all-star closer hater yesterday from the Brewers, Josh Bell and Juan Soto from the Nationals today. They are, And then they're going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. back here probably come mid-August. It looks like they're really loading up. They're going for it. Brewers right now, they bring in Matt Bush, a guy that's had some brushes with the law, had a DUI, had a prison stint. Uh, he has two Tommy John surgeries. They picked him up from the Rangers. They picked up some prospects and a couple of players from the Padres. Are the Brewers done yet? Let's talk more about it. Andrew Wagner, Forbes.com. You can find him uh, on Twitter as well, at Andrew, at Andrew Wagner. Uh, joining us by Andrew Wagner, I should say, on the hotline. Uh, Andrew, what's going on, man? I, I hope the, the Nationals uh, GM, Mike Rizzo, and A.J. Pro, the Padres, are ready to apologize to every single Brewers Twitter fan for, for, you know, a deal not coming to Milwaukee because apparently it's going to be a travesty that neither Juan Soto or Josh Bell are coming to the Brewers. It is. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Did did you, first of all, give me your reaction to Hater being traded and what they got in return. Uh, I'm not shocked either by the deal or by the return. I, I think, I think, People over, and this is not a, a, a money ball thing. I know it's part of the analytics. I, I think people overvalue closers. Um, I, I really, truly do. Not to take anything away from what Josh Hader has done. It has been otherworldly, um, the dominance that he has shown. But I, I think that this is a reflection on the absolute embarrassment of riches the Brewers have in terms of pitching, where they are so confident in, in Devin Williams and their ability to develop and produce and rehabilitate pitchers, that they feel confident that they can trade Josh Hader when they're in first place and still be a legitimate World Series team. Um, they don't feel like they're missing a beat. They feel like they're, they're losing a big piece of their team, obviously. But from a competitive standpoint, they have no qualms about moving Devin Williams into that role, if need be, or maybe Jake McGee or Brad Boxberger or, or, or even Taylor Rogers. Do you think the Brewers are done trading? I don't know. And I say that because I think David Stearns would very much like to make some moves to improve the team. But as I've said many times, much to the chagrin of of the social media world, this is not MLB the show. You can't click the button to force force trade mode. You know, David Stearns can can offer his entire, you know, double-A team to another general manager for an impact back, and that general manager can say no for whatever reason. Um, so who knows? You know, he, he said last night when talking about the Matt Bush trade that, you know, doesn't know what's going to get over the finish line, doesn't seem like there are a lot of moves out there that could change between now and 5 o'clock. You never know. Um, but I, I, I reject the premise and the notion that, that Stearns is just sitting with his feet up on his desk, smoking Mark Gattinazio's you know, cigars like Radar O'Reilly and Henry Blake's desk. So, okay, no, a mash reference. I like it. So let me let me let me back up here a second, because one thing that I kept hearing over and over again from David Stearns and his presser was uh, competitive. Uh, What I wanted to hear as a Brewers fan was 
we got good pitching. We've got the guys right now we believe that can win, and we're going for it. I never heard that. All I kept hearing was, we don't want to go back to a rebuild, and we want to remain competitive. Competitive, yes, but there's a difference between being competitive and what the Padres are doing, what the Yankees are doing, what the Dodgers have done, and that is going for it. Do Because as a Brewers fan, on one hand, I said, okay, I sat here through the rebuild. I knew what you were doing. I'm glad we got to the postseason, but it's time to take the next step. Do you feel like the Brewers are taking the next step or just simply they can't? I, I think it's different. I, I think it's different. One, it's different in baseball than it is in, like, basketball where you're doing a teardown and rebuild. Um, I, he also let's remember, in the very opening line, the opening statement, the goal is to get to the World Series and win the World Series. You, you know, people are kind of spitting this as, oh, he's just worried about being – I hear all the comparisons to the – the Herb Cold Bucks in the AC. That's not what this is. You know, in baseball's playoffs, you get so few teams get in there, and granted it's expanded now, you have to set a baseline of, okay, the goal is to get in there every year and make it happen. With the Brewers pitching, they are a World Series contender every year. With that kind of starting pitching, you're a World Series contender every year. Uh, with their ability to develop relievers and find people to fill those roles, they're a contender every year. Yeah, they need to get a bat to support that. But the baseline here is to be in that position every year. The, the bites of the apple analogy. I know people are sick of hearing it, but it's true. There's no appetite for a, t- a complete teardown and rebuild here. Remember how much people left w- w- when, when Stearns originally started the teardown back in 2015. Granted, they, they got out of it way faster than expected. I mean, if all things would go normal, according to, to you know, baseball life this is the year they'd be coming out of that original rebuild but they jumped the gun they got really hot in 2017 parlayed into 2018 and they've been going to playoffs since uh i don't think anyone looks at going to the playoffs four straight years as a success i think it's a great baseline but everyone in that organization wants to go to a world series so they can yeah sure they can go all in to use the term you look at what the padres are doing as an example all right that's fine the Padres are going to spend, you know, 100 and I think 36 million on five people next season, and still have to pay another 20 guys on the roster. Um, two two people are going to account for 57 million. Do you want the Brewers to be in that position where all of a sudden all their money is going to two or three guys, and then you have to get dudes off the street to fill in the rest of the spots? It's just you got to find the balance. Either you want the full rebound, the the five year rebuild then push all your chips in for one year at all in? Or do you want this study every year where you're in a position to do it and it's up to the guys on the field to get it done? What do you think this team now needs? As we sit here, uh, you know, only hours away from the trade deadline, what does this team need? If you're going to be general manager David Stearns and you're starting to look to make a deal, they've picked up some pitching, they've got to some – the bullpen is going to look dramatically different when they take the field in Pittsburgh tonight. So what else do they need in your opinion? You know, I really don't know. I mean, I think they would. I, I would. Th- I think they like to add a bat, but I don't think they need to go out and get one because one, the offense has been playing significantly better, and that's just how it goes. There's ebbs and flows in baseball. I think the offense you've seen coming out of the break is much more indicative of, of the type of offensive club that this is. Uh, two, where are you going to play them? All right, center field is a is, is definitely a place where you could upgrade. Uh, but but who's out there? You know, like, who are you going to get to fill that position? You can't just invent someone to, to fill that. 
especially when you have great options waiting behind you. Uh, they could they could go to, to upgrade at first base and maybe find someone to split time with Rowdy Telez, but they truly believe that Rowdy Telez's breakout season is due in large part to the fact that he's playing every day. So you risk losing production by trying to add production there. And there's no guarantee that anyone that you put in there is going to have success. Uh, you know, look at last year when they traded for Daniel Norris. Now that turned out to be a disaster. So I, I think if they have, if, if they're stuck standing pat, I don't think they're going to feel like they're they're you know in a bad spot. Uh, but I don't think they they feel like they have the pressure that they desperately need to go out and add somebody. Talking with Andrew <clears throat> Wagner, Forbes.com uh, on Twitter at by Andrew Wagner. So you look at what the – because with the Cardinals, that means no Juan Soto there, no Josh Bell there. We know the Cardinals wanted to make some moves to try to catch the Brewers and, and be competitive. We know what the Padres are doing. We know what the Mets are going to attempt to do, and the Dodgers as well. They want to bolster their teams. So, I, you know, I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, we know the Padres are going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. back as well, and that's going to be an extremely str- uh, strong squad if all pans out. Um, where would you put the Brewers' chance? Because at this point, you also have to weigh, if you're David Stearns, are we really the best team in the National League, or are we just trying to get to the postseason and, and cross your fingers, say a couple of novenas that you get hot at the right time? Because I think that's where the Brewers are at right now. I, I, I disagree. I think the Brewers are right up there with the Dodgers um, as the cream of the crop of the National League. They have, even without Josh Hader, they still have front to back, probably the best deep pitching staff in baseball. When they get pretty far off the back, they're going to have three of the top starters in the national league. I mean, you look at, you look at, 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 uh, at the Padres uh, rotation right now. Okay. Mackenzie Gore, he's out. He's going to, to Washington. This trade goes through Clevenger, Snell, Musgrove, Manet, and Darvish. Will you take them over the Brewers five? I wouldn't. Right, I'm, I'm right. taking Woodruff for, you know, I, I'm even in a short series. When using a three three man rotation, you you tell me that that you can find another three man aside from maybe the Dodgers that stacks up as, as formidably as as the Brewers do. So I still think the Brewers are a legitimate contender for the NL pennant at the very least. I guess if you're a, a Cardinals fan or a Brewers fan, really, you're probably uh, ecstatic the Cardinals didn't get Juan Soto. And and again, uh, just to be clear, the Juan Soto deal for those that are just tuning us in. Uh, Juan Soto and Josh Bell being traded to the Padres on the fact that Eric Hosmer, he gives permission to the deal to move forward because he's part of that trade and the Nationals are part of his no trade list. So if he says, no, I'm not going, then that whole deal begins to fall apart. And still what Juan Soto could still end up going to either the Padres or the Cardinals before it's all said and done. And that would put Josh Bell back in the market. So so we're all clear on this. So the Brewers, we saw them get a hot start out of the unofficial second half of the season, and we saw the bats come to life. Will the real Milwaukee Brewers offense please stand up? I know they had that meeting where everybody got together, and it was it was much larger than just a group of hitters getting together. How much do you think that has Kerry moving forward? I, I think a great deal. I, I when you get a guy like Andrew McCutcheon standing up and talking and saying, guys, I've been on bad teams before. This is not a bad team. I think that means something to the guys. Um, and I, I think it will say something to, it, to them. You know, we keep hearing about what does this say to, to the players that they're trading Josh Hader. Well, what will it say to the players if Sturz doesn't go out and get a bat? Hey, you know what? I know you guys have you know, stunk at times this year, but I have faith in you. Um, 
that can be a boost too. It can go both ways. I, I think the meeting had a lot to do with it, but I you also look at you know things that Rowdy Tellez said. They had a just ridiculously stupid schedule in the first half. Three 10-game road trips, you know, not a lot of off days, bouncing across the game. I'll never feel bad about the way that Major League ballplayers travel. I mean, charter planes, first class all the way. You know, you're not staying at the Hampton Inn like I am. But mm-hmm. still, that does take a toll. And you look at you look at the second-half schedule, I mean, they're basically home the entire second half. They have got a ton of off days. And I tell people all the time, look back at 2008 when they went on that run in September. And you can use all the excuses in the world. Yes, Christian Yelich was ridiculously hot. Council was pulling all the right levels with the pitchers. The biggest thing about that month, and anyone on that team will tell you, they played almost every game at home, and they had an off day every week down the stretch that season. When you're sleeping in your own bed, when you're playing in your home park, and you have that chance to be the last man up, and you know how the ball carries at Miller Park, uh, there is a benefit to that. I think that will play into it. I think that has played into it. It was good to see them go on the road and keep swinging the bats until Sunday. Um, But I think all of that plays into it. The meeting, being at home, getting the all-star break, recharging, refreshing, and going at it clean. The uh, the rest of the – well, let me ask you this real quick. Matt Bush, uh, they picked him up as well later uh, last night. And they picked him up. He's obviously had a couple of Tommy John surgeries. He's had, obviously, a brush with the law. He's not been the most uh, upstanding of characters. But he's coming into the system, and he throws 97-plus. And give me your, give me the lowdown on him. Well, I'm not sorry. You know, I, I've seen all the jokes um, about what he's been through, and there ain't nothing funny about it. But let's, like, tip our cap. You know, people always talk about the bad crap someone did but we never tip our caps when they, you know, show the propensity to turn around. And since he's gotten out of the pokey, guy hasn't been in trouble. So you give credit where credit is due. Um, and I think that's, that's very noteworthy. Second, you look at his numbers this year, they're ridiculous. He's a hard-throwing dude, 97 miles an hour, just straight gas. Uh, he's gone, I think, 12 straight appearances without getting out a run. And I think he's only allowed three in his last 20. So pretty good dude you know, coming out of the pen there could, could definitely fill into that, that eighth inning role if they move Williams into the ninth inning role, uh, leave Boxberger where he's been at. Uh, there's, there's a lot of possibility with him in there. Uh, then you look at the rest of the uh, division real quick, and we talked about the Cardinals' place in it. Uh, there's a lot of talk about whether or not Pittsburgh is still going to make a move before the end of the trade deadline. Do the Brewers, being in Pittsburgh, do they look across and say, hey, you might have somebody that we could pick, we might pull out of there? We've seen that happen where a guy changes clubhouses. Yeah, you know, I was a little shocked when I saw Quintana go from the, the Pirates to the Cardinals just because deals between division rivals, uh, especially at the deadline, are so rare. Because uh, you always got to overpay in that situation. So we've seen the Brewers and the, and the Pi- Pirates make some some smaller scale trades in the past. It could happen, um, but you no, know, anything could happen. I guess it's trade deadline day. You never know. Like who saw who saw Josh Hader getting traded yesterday morning? Right. Yep, sad to see Josh go. Good stuff as always, my friend. And uh, we got a lot more. We'll have a flurry of stuff, I'm sure, before the trade deadline comes and goes. So we'll uh, we'll stay in touch. Okay. Yeah, just stop by after the fair. I'm right down the street. You know, we can we can we can sit by the fire, have a cigar, and, and discuss. There you the go. Right there. 
Not a not a bad way to go. You got it. I'll be I, actually. I'm swinging over that way later today. I'm dropping some equipment off, so I, I'm going to be down by the state fair later today. So who knows? You could hear me yelling, Bye, my friend Andrew. Always good, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. There you go, Andrew Wagner. Forbes.com at by Andrew Wagner at by Andrew Wagner uh, over on Twitter. You can find his stuff there. Uh, so you got the breaking news at Juan Soto and Josh Bell being dealt to the Padres. Padres have a glitch in that. We'll see if it actually happens. But as of right now, the enormous pressure on Hosmer to approve the deal, and he might get something more out of it beyond, beyond three years, $39 million that he's owed from the 2023 to 2025 season. Hosmer, Soto, Bell, all represented by Scott Boris. And our, our Gore uh, and Wood as well, players generally need to be compensated to waive no trade protection, according to Ken Rosenthal. So we're waiting for that thing to go down. In the meantime, the NFL has hammered the Miami Dolphins and their owner, Stephen Ross, as a result of the league's tampering allegation. The Dolphins get rid of two draft choices, a first-round pick next year, a third-round pick the year after. Ross has been suspended through the middle of the, of October. He also has to, uh, he's been fined one and a half million bucks. Uh, Mr. Bruce Beal, the Dolphins' vice chair and limited partner, he's done from league meetings and such the remainder of the year and also fined $500,000. The discipline uh, was brought on by the competition committee because of the, quote, tampering allegation in regards to Tom Brady. Remember, they wanted Tom Brady. They wanted to bring him over. They found tampering violations of unprecedented scope and severity. I know of no prior instance of a team violating the prohibition on tampering with both a head coach and a star player to potential the detriment of multiple other clubs over a period of years. That comes straight from the NFL after the NFL yesterday was embarrassed in the uh, decision uh, by the judge, by the mediator, in the Deshaun Watson case who said, basically, you don't police your own owners. Why do you want us to police the players? This is what collective bargaining agreement's all about. The owners are subject to fines and suspensions as well, and you've done nothing as an organization, basically putting the hat right there back on Roger Goodell. Now Roger Goodell and the competition committee come down hard today on the owner uh, after the fact, so we'll see if that then leads to an appeal to suspend Deshaun Watson even further after a lot of outrage from yesterday's decision. That's where we're at today. In the meantime, hater gone. You've got numerous prospects. You've got a couple of players, Matt Bush, all back in the organization. We'll see if the Brewers are done just yet. Hang in there. That's the kind of day it is. Holy mackerel. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up this portion of the program. Brought to you by our good friends over there, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill, Pewaukee Lake. Go over there, get a beverage, eat that pig porker, watch the game tonight, breathe a little after the trade deadline come and goes, watch the boats go by out on the patio, Smokey's Bait Shop, maybe even grab the, the rod and reel and go over and pick out a few. You know, just go enjoy yours. Just go relax. That's our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake. And they, too, are looking for help just like everybody else, whether it's full-time or part-time. Get a hold of them over there on Pewaukee Lake. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. the program glad to have you gotta say thanks to lyle and his staff at jnl tire um they're always so great uh, i was out there earlier today getting the uh the trailer and uh, for the motorcycles and the golf cart and such as we get ready to leave for uh, sturgis south dakota on friday 
And uh, they did it with the boat. Uh, they did it again with the trailer. They just made sure everything's perfect. It's all set. It's ready to go. New tires. Grease the axles. Went through a complete check uh, of the trailer. Made sure everything was tight, secure. Uh, Lyle and his staff are just great people. And whether it's a motorcycle trailer, a UTV trailer, a um, snowmobile trailer, uh, or a tractor trailer, doesn't matter. I mean, they do so much in trailer work and trailer repair as well. They're just really good people out there. And I, whether you're just looking for an oil change in your, you know, in your minivan, or you are an over-the-road truck driver needing new tires and brakes and such. They do work on everything. They have a big complex out there. It's just north of 94 in Johnson Creek. And uh, right there on the uh, Johnson Creek exit where all the outlet stores are. And as a matter of fact, you can see it from the highway as you pass by. It's just a block north uh, of 94. But th- they just do great work. They're great people. I can't recommend them enough. So I know a lot of truck drivers listen to this program as you're out cruising around. Uh, and you keep us on the app. So thank you for uh, for stopping in. I had uh, Lyle told me that a truck driver had some issues, ended up going in. It was like $30,000 worth of repair. Uh, and he said, we tried to give the guy a break on brakes, and they needed some special tires and on and on and on. And he said, we got the guy taken care of. He was expecting the bill to be a lot more for his own rig. He was complimentary, but he went there because we told him where to go. And he, he made it a point to get his vehicle there. And they're just good people. So again, JNL Tire Service, JNLTire.com. That is JNLTire.com right out there in Johnson Creek, right off of 94. Um, the Brewers have made their deals. Uh, we're waiting to see if there's another one in the works. In the meantime, it looks like, it looks like that uh, Josh Bell and Juan Soto are going to the Pirates, or excuse me, going to the Padres. Um, Eric Hosmer right now has to approve the deal because he has a no-trade clause uh, that he has specifically said he did not want to go to the Nationals. But if he waives that, then the deal is done. Uh, Don't forget Hosmer, Soto, Bell, all represented by Scott Boris. So you would assume that there's going to be some kind of a compensation, financial compensation there uh, for him to be able to go and waive that. So we'll see if all this pans out. Here's the other note in all of this. Okay. Here's the other note in all of this. And Charlie brings this up. Charlie says, uh, hey, unit, love the program. Love the breakdown. On one hand, I agree with you that this is an emotional deal for many Brewers fans losing a guy like Josh Hader that we've come to know and love as we've seen him grow up through the system. On the other hand, although I don't like the deal and what the Brewers got in return, have we not learned by this point in time to understand and trust David Stearns? I feel like I just have to wait and see how this thing plays out because as much as I want to hate the deal and say, see, I told you so, they're a cheap team, Stearns could be right, these guys could fortify the back end of the bullpen, and all would be right with the world as we move forward into the postseason. That is from Charlie. Charlie, yeah, you got to kind of wait. You got to wait. Like with any deal, you got to see if it pans out. So I, I I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I I pretty much with your email I agree almost 100 percent because it, the emotion was yesterday. Uh, agreed, the emotion was yesterday when we heard the deal went down. The emotion was yesterday, and then last night and this morning I'm kind of thinking to myself, okay, let's see what all they get in return. Let's really kind of dig into this. And for the most part, this was try to get an arm 
try to trade an arm for an arm, even though it's an all-star for a, a, a flock of guys. You got a couple wild cards in the mix that could turn out to be great or turn out to be busts. You solidified that by doubling down and getting uh, Matt Bush and putting him in the pen as well, a guy that you know has had a checkered pass. So you you you, you get him um, you know a little bit cheaper than you would say an all star. But this guy throws ninety seven. He's had two Tommy Johns. He's come back from it. And and let me say this: it used to be where if you had Tommy John surgery, you're done. Nobody wanted to touch you. Now it's like a hernia, re, you know, replacement. I mean, it's 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 no big deal. It's like hernia surgery. You know, ah, eh, no big deal. We got this. And uh, guys have come back stronger from Tommy John. It's almost like some pitchers want to get it and get it over with because then they come back stronger. So we'll see uh, if he ends up pitching extremely well for the Brewers. So the Brewers have a little bit more diverse bullpen. Now you hope that the if they do indeed get a bat, it's a, of some significance, but it's not going to be Josh Bell. Not going to be Soto, apparently, at least as of right now. In principle, there's a deal with the Padres for those two players to go to the San Diego Padres. We'll see if that actually pans out. Uh, But at least as a Brewers fan, you can say Soto and Bell did not go to the Cardinals. Right? I guess we could at least say that, you know, the Brewers still should be uh, the favorite to get themselves to, uh, to the postseason and win the division. The Cardinals making a deal for Quintana. Uh, he's been kind of a brewer killer, but nevertheless. The, one side note today, completely off topic, and, and I saw this earlier. Ben, did you see, and I, 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 I held on to this because I wanted to, to see if you had seen this. Did you see what tickets are going for on the live tour for uh, Bonesaw and Arabia? No, I have not seen that. On StubHub, tickets are going for a dollar. <laughs> One dollar. Yeah. Yep, crowds are thin, and tickets are selling on StubHub for $1, a buck a ticket. It is kind of easy when profit margins are not important. Yep, $1 a ticket. Again, you're right, is that kind of a... Then again, it's on StubHub. That's a secondary market. So it's not like it's coming directly from the tour. But $1 on the live tour... And Greg Norman had some things to say, basically said, why are they picking on professional golfers? Why? The male professional golfers, females, the LPGA Tour, sponsored by uh, Aramco, uh, he said, right. Uh, he also said that they've been doing business with, uh, with Saudi Arabia for years. He said, I really don't care, honestly. I just love the game of golf so much, and I just want to grow the game of golf. And we at Live see that opportunity. We at Live see it not just for the men, but for the women as well. We at Live see it for NCAA and younger generations. We at Live see it as a pathway to opportunities for kids to experience a new world out there. Live is the future of golf, not the PGA. Greg Norman coming down hard on the PGA saying, we're the future, not the PGA. Going to be interesting. But uh, that was uh, uh, Tucker Carlson's show called uh, Tucker Carlson Tonight. He appeared on that program, so interesting stuff there from Greg Norman. Uh, let's uh, let's let's do this. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back, reset a little bit. Uh, you got Packers uh, news today as well. We want to do a little bit of that. Matt Lafleur. We're going to hear from him. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Going to be heading downtown Milwaukee anytime soon for the best Italian food. You're going to stick in your grill. Oh, so good. Stop in and see my buddy Gina over at Calderon Club. Old World 3rd Street, right there on the corner, across the street from the Hyatt. That's where you can find them. It is so good. So good. Uh, and Calderon Club. And then San Giorgio, the authentic Napoletana Pizzeria, right next door. Uh, both of them are absolutely fantastic. He ordered the Bill Michaels. They paired up with Cider Boys from Point Brewing. But uh, they do some good stuff down there. So don't forget to stop in and see Gino. Say hi to Robin. Everybody, that entire staff, my favorite waiter in the world is Alex. He's a great guy. Go into Calderon Club. Really, as a matter of fact, I got some friends coming to town this weekend. Now, I'm going to be gone. But they called and said, hey, we'd, we'd love to go to Calderon. We've never been. We'd love to go. And so they're all heading down there this weekend, this Friday night. So going to be a good time down at Calderon Club. And I haven't been down there in a little while, so i, I got to get down there. But uh, great stuff. Great Italian food. The uh, the The... Chicken marsala is fantastic. The spaghetti and meatballs are obviously great. I mean, that's what they're known for. But their lasagna, this uh, sarcina, penny, spicy penny pasta is so good. Oh, just, just there, you can't go wrong. Stop down again. Uh, Calderon Club right there on the corner of Old World 3rd Street, right across from the uh, Hyatt Hotel, downtown Milwaukee. And tell Gino and the gang we said hi. Uh, Matt LaFleur, head coach of your Green Bay Packers. So let's let's flip over to some Packers coverage. Uh, and take a listen to, hey, you know, because today was the day that everybody got the pads fully on. So let's take a listen to what Matt LaFleur had to say prior to practice today. With uh, obviously everything is graded along the way, I get that. But um, in the grand scheme of things, how much, what matters from the last four days compared to what's coming ahead with the pads on and quote unquote real football here? Yeah, I think everything matters. Every time you go out there, you've got a, a purpose and intent and that's the only way you can improve. So everything up to this point matters, and you're you're constantly evaluating. And certainly, um, if you see great improvement in certain individuals, you're not going to hold what they did against them early on in camp. So, but um, for these guys, every rep, every drill, everything we do out there matters. Man, speaking of you know making plays and making it matter, Vernon had a big play yesterday. Um, there seems to be a couple spots like the third, fourth, fifth safeties, and you mentioned the outside linebackers the other day. When do those things start to become a little bit more clear to you guys? Yeah, I think we have to get into some of those preseason games and, and really give it a chance to kind of like uh, sort itself out. And I think a lot of times you see guys just start to separate themselves from the group. Have you talked to Aaron about preseason playing time yet? I have not. And in general, with the way last season started uh, against the Saints, does that in any way influence how you attack the preseason and, and use some of your more impactful players? Yeah, potentially. Uh, I think you, you got to learn from every situation you've you've been in, and um, at least it, it stimulates conversation. Matt, you talked about how you've been kind of easing Sammy back into uh, team drills and whatnot. Um, so what, has, what did you see from him yesterday, and what do you need to see from him in order to get him to be kind of Fully with every single rep for team yeah, it's just uh, a progression. We're, we're going to be smart with him and, and limit his reps until we feel like he's, you know, on the other side of whatever he had. So um, I think each and every day you'll see a, an increased workload provided he's feeling good because, you know, it, it does us no good if he's not available for us. 
How hard is it as a coach to be patient and play that long game, knowing that it's camp now, it's 17-game season, and what matters comes in January, making sure the guys are, are healthy and ready for that as opposed to healthy and ready for next week's practice? Yeah, that's always a balancing act because you want to get everybody out there competing, and uh, it makes you better uh, when you have your best players out there and no matter who they're going up against. But certainly when you have good on good, it, it definitely – increases the the competition level the intensity level and um that's i think you see our guys improve in that in that regard but also knowing that like this is a marathon i mean it is a long year and um we never want to put anybody at risk you get in to be about a week into camp now is christian getting close to returning at all or is that just not on the radar yet yeah i don't have any updates on on him as of now is that getting concerning as, as we get deeper no, he's getting better. He's definitely getting better. He's improving. and um, But as far as to give you a timeline when he's going to be back, I can't do that. Teepa played a lot for you last Hold year. Up. No more, no more uh, expectations. No limitations. Exactly. Teepa played a lot for you last year during the second half of the season. Um, from what I've seen, looks like he's been pretty active so far in camp. What have you, what have you thought? Yeah, he's done a nice job. And um, certainly he's, th- there's a lot to work on there. Um, one thing, just making sure that when we are in the run game, him setting the edge, and um, obviously with with all those guys that that aren't our starters, their presence on on defense is going to be absolutely critical to our football team, and, and how they can contribute in that area is going to have a big effect on whether or not they're on our roster. What were your takeaways from the extended special teams stuff you guys did yesterday? You like what you saw? Yeah, it was. I thought there were some guys competing, and you know the guys that uh, didn't give the effort that we're looking for were singled out, and that's it's it's hard to deny what you see on tape. And I, I did I did like the effort. I thought it was it was pretty pretty good. And I'm sure that was more than what you guys have seen in a while in terms of just the competitiveness of that period and doing the full covers. And you know a lot of that is just I would say from the past is that's on me just not knowing the trying to balance you know the amount of energy you expend in that period and um with what you're doing offensively and defensively but certainly that's a a huge part of of the game and um we're going to emphasize that rich has done a great job of kind of educating me along the way what do you think of the job gabe's done for you kicking you know that soul so far? Yeah, he's. He, I think he's improving. Um, he's got a big leg, and um, yeah, I just think he's he's shown improvement every day. Matt, we've seen a bunch of different guys take turns, you know, with the return spots on special teams. Do you see like narrowing that down before the preseason games, or are you going to go into the preseason games and just kind of try everybody? Well, I think you're always training multiple people because you just. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns in our game. So you better have somebody that's been getting some reps um, so that in in case they have to go, they're ready to go. And uh, so we're always constantly going to trade multiple guys in that regard. But, yes, to answer your question, when we get closer to the preseason games, we'll we'll narrow it down for sure in terms of who's going to get those live reps in those preseason games. How do you address drops? You had a few yesterday in practice. Is there something that you, or do you just go back to work the next day? Yeah, I, I think you got to have a, a short memory. And, 
if there's something from a technique standpoint, I think you absolutely address it. Like if somebody's allowing the ball to cross their eyes and they're not reaching out in front and, and being aggressive with their hands, then then you absolutely do do address that. But if it's just one of those deals where it hits a guy's hands and he drops the ball, I mean, let's let's play the next play. Let's not dwell on that. Let's let's try to just move past it and um, you know. Just move on to the next play. You pulled Amari aside during the game yesterday. What were you going over with him? What sort of jump do you want to see him this year? Yeah, I think Amari had a really good day yesterday. Um, just not only um, you know what he's shown on defense, but also on offense as well. And just some of the effort that that he displayed out there, it was it was pretty gritty, um, which is something we, we want from that from the entire receiving room. I think a lot of times the receivers kind of est help establish your identity as an offense and just how tenacious they are in both the run game and in the pass game. There you go. That is uh, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur, talking about the upcoming day today uh, and the Packers on the practice field today, uh, moving guys around. Hey, by the way, just an FYI, uh, Bob Nightingale reported the Padres deal to pick up the Nationals, Juan Soto and Josh Bell is currently on hold. First baseman Eric Hosmer has not approved the trade to Washington. The Nats are on his no-trade list. It remains to be seen if he's going to change his mind, if he's going to be paid to go there. But as of right now, Bob Nightingale saying the trade is not happening if Eric Hosmer does not agree to make the deal. So we'll wait and see. I haven't seen anything else come across that says it will, but... Nevertheless, uh, that's where we're at right now as far as Juan Soto and Josh Bell both going to the San Diego Padres. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Four Seasons Island Resort. Sad news. Our, my friend Todd, who's the general manager, was the general manager. Uh, he got headhunted, took another job. He uh, got a hold of me and said, hey, I love the place. You know what I feel. He's, he's going to a, a different location uh, from a different company. But he said it's still in great hands. Barb is still there. And uh, But the Four Seasons Island Resort uh, up there, they've got a new GM coming in, but Barb is there, Steve is there, the bartender, all our friends are still there. It's just Todd ended up uh, ended up leaving. So it's not saying don't go there, because by all means go there, but uh, just sad, because he's not, he's not going to be hanging out there anymore, but at least, you know, not uh, not as, uh, as the acting general manager. But that being said, it's still a great place to go. Fun time on the island up in Pembine, Wisconsin, just about 15, 20 miles south of the UP, but a tremendous place. They have got fishing. They have got golfing, a nine-hole executive. They've got the UTV and ATV trails. They're open. They've got pontoon rides. They've got you can rent kayaks. You can bring a kayak. You can fish, like I had mentioned. They've got the indoor pool, which is great for the kids and the family. I, I can go on and on. The waterfall tours up there are awesome. Uh, so uh, no reason not to spill, spend some summertime going to the Four Seasons Island Resort up in Pembine, Wisconsin. All you have to do, if you'd like to, uh, you know, check it out, is go to thefourseasonswisconsin.com. That's thefourseasonswisconsin.com. And when you go there and you want to book, uh, what you do is you type in the promo code BillMichaels15, BillMichaels15, and uh, and you get 15% off automatically just because you listen to the program. Or call them, 715-324-5800, 715-324-5800. Again, 715-324-5800, and uh, tell them Bill Michaels 15. You automatically get 15% off your stay. Great deal, great place, and we're going to miss Todd, no doubt about it. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michaels Show. It's coming up right after this. 
Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. Day two of the Packers in pads. Yesterday they wore shells. Today they're in full pads with five days of practice back-to-back through Friday and family night. Head coach Matt LaFleur. we got to be very careful about how hard we're going each and every day. Then Wednesday is going to be all job through. So that's why we closed it. Again, I think it might be a little bit boring for everybody. Thursday we'll crank it back up again. And then obviously Friday is is family night. So it is going to be a little bit of a grind on guys. One guy getting a lot of snaps is offensive lineman Jake Hansen. Now in his third season in Green Bay, Hansen lining up at right guard when Aaron Rodgers is calling signals. Then when the second team comes in with Jordan Love, Hansen moves over to play center for all of those snaps. The more versatile I can be, the better. So if I can start at right guard and be the backup center, I'm here for it. So far this camp, Jake, you're getting a lot of conditioning, aren't you? Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, getting 10 two-minute reps with the with the starters at guard and then having to go with the twos at center. So I'm, I'm going to be in shape come that first preseason game for sure. For now, the Packers offense having a hard time getting past their own defense. Packers running back, A.J. Dillon. It'd be hard, like it's hard going up against Devondre Campbell and you got Chris Barnes coming from this side and you got all these guys and you got to worry about the secondary and the D-line. So it makes you really, like if you can go up against this every day, it's going to make our offense that much better and prepared when we start playing. That's A.J. Dillon in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show, we continue on. A flurry of activity today. Uh, we'll catch you up on everything going on regarding the NFL, the Major League Baseball trade deadline and such. Uh, yesterday, I wanted to say hi to Kylie. Uh, I stopped. I was out in uh, Eau Claire yesterday, and right out there by Wild Ridge Golf Course, I stopped at the Quick Trip, which is right down the street, and I was gassing up to come back home. And Kylie came up to me, really, really nice. Uh, I was at the pump. I was filling up the car and said, you know, are you, are you Bill Michaels? Yes, I am. And we said, yeah, I said, yes, I am. And we said, and had a great conversation. And uh, it works at Quick Trip and said, thank you uh, for talking about us. We appreciate it. They take a lot of pride in the Quick Trip that they have there and said that a lot of people come in and talk about uh, certain things that they do because they hear it on this program. So I said, it's great to hear. I'm glad that people stop. I mean, Quick Trip, it, it's a natural to go into anyway, but I'm glad that some people walk in specifically after hearing it on the program. So, Kylie, thank you so much for your kind words. And I did get to one of the pepperoni pizza wraps, uh, and I had a, a big iced tea and then had it on home. But uh, thanks so much. That's the way p- people are at Quick Trip. They just take a lot of pride in it. Uh, and there's people that have gas stations and run gas stations and convenience stores, and they're not clean and they're not nice. Quick trips are all just terrific. Uh, I, I I don't think I've ever stopped into a bad one, even on a busy Saturday afternoon when everybody's trying to get in and get out and get everything done, and and you know just things can get hectic and crazy. Or on a Monday morning when everybody's back to work and it's crazy. There's always uh, they're always clean. They're always good. Love my friends over there at Quick Trip. So thanks to them for being a part of the program and have been for a long time. And also the official fuel provider uh, of the Big Unit Cruiser. So thanks to them for being a part of the program. Um, so, Ben, I know uh, we're, let's do this coming up in the next hour. We're obviously going to have some guests and such. But let's get caught up as to all the whole flurry of activity as to what we got going on uh, coming up. Because uh, you've got trades in Major League Baseball. You've got the trade that 
is going down but hasn't gone down yet with the Padres supposedly getting Juan Soto and Josh Bell, but that's being held up. The Brewers obviously making a couple of deals, but nothing today. We're waiting to see if something else happens there. So let's get caught up. We've got guests coming on. We've got all kinds of good stuff happening, but uh, but we're going we're gonna to take a quick break, come back, reset. Reset. And, uh, and then continue to move forward on a very, very busy day on the Bill Michael Show. Hang in there. Two hours yet to go. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 